Welcome to Hallel Fellowship, found on the internet at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. We hope you are encouraged by the following recorded Bible study to look deeper into every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and how they were lived out in the life of Yeshua HaMashiach, often called Jesus the Christ. Joseph is a Masonic figure. He, he fills various tasks and roles and symbols that Messiah himself does later on. It's pretty straightforward. I think nothing's terribly uh, unusual about that as far as a, a typical Christian viewpoint, which is, which, is, which is correct. So the question for you, there's a few details to ask because this is a, um, what's the right word? This is a, a human study, meaning study of humans, <laughs> the nature of human beings. Um, there's some curiosities here which caught my attention. It may or may not catch yours. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, so first of all, there's a human case. And most of us pretty much understand the concept of greed, right? The general idea of what greed is, I want that. I want more of what I have. I want more of that thing, whatever. I just want more. I want more and more and more. It is an interesting human study to my mind. This is just me. This is, not, this is not the topic of my conversation today, but just think about this because it comes up a couple of times purposefully in Joseph's testing of his brothers, this exact problem. Uh, the nature of greed. Note that when a large body of people are prosperous, fairly well off, they don't really need a whole lot, greed is down to a minimum, pretty small. We, we, we have, for most, for most people, we're, we're relatively prosperous. We don't really, we don't, we're not focused upon what we don't have. We focus more on what we do have. When we tend to have less and less and less and less of things, then we start wanting and wanting it to look envious or anger, irritated toward people who happen to have more who are not in our situation. It's, it's, it's a strange scenario that greed, though, is a human condition to always want more. We have an abundance. Everybody has an abundance. Greed is down to minimized. When everybody is very, very minimal, has very, very little, greed is elevated up to very high, high, high level or high position. So it, it's a curiosity thing because it comes up here a number of times that a story, uh, this idea of who has something and I don't have and I want more or should, should desire more. So when we left off, this is Jeff would have covered this uh, last tour portion. I can't remember which last tour portion was. When Joseph was first uh, uh, betrayed, I should say, down into Egypt by his brothers, they were jealous of him, right? They're jealous of his, his, what he had, the way, the way his father treated him. They were jealous and irritated that they weren't being treated the same way. He, they, they would, uh, uh, he would he would report their negative behaviors or, or poor behaviors or poor activities when it comes to the animals to the dad. And of course, the robe was given to him. He basically was just treated very, very well according to all the rest of them. So there's a sense of jealousy built inside that. And mind you, jealousy is not that much different from greed when it comes to what somebody else has. They're very, very similar. Yeah, they're, 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 they're very, very uh, uh, similar. Everyone's siblings feels very, very common. So we have that story, which is the backdrop of Joseph's testing of his brothers. Mind you, when Joseph went through that a whole experience of the brothers turning him over into the pit, him you know crying out, whatever, and they're they kind of this and selling him off to the the Ishmaelites, which goes down to Egypt to Potiphar's house eventually. Um, he's not desiring this, of course, he's upset, irritated, blah, 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 all, all those details. Well, what would that produce inside of Joseph emotionally 
toward his brothers. I mean, instinctively say, well, immediate distrust, hatred, anger, any emotion you can think of, uh, unjust as far as the, the, what, what, how, how he perceives his brothers, all these, this, 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 this action against him, what did he do to deserve these types of things? Those are the normal behaviors, normal emotions you'd expect. And probably, this is Daniel Ag speaking, probably I would carry a grudge against our brothers. Just me. I could be wrong. Maybe just doesn't feel that way. But if I was that situation, I would probably carry a grudge against my siblings if they did that to me. So if I'm going to be in Joseph's shoes and, and go through this process of, of re-engaging my brothers again, there's a couple of behaviors I want to find out. Of course, obviously, how are they progressing in their own lives? Do I still carry that grudge? And whether the grudge is justified or not? And of course, whether brothers grow up or grow out of their, their issues. So these are kind of the, the general backdrop of the nature of uh, the, the, the envious, the greed, the, the jealousy, the, all, all those motions are very, very similarly attached. And they, they, they go not hand in hand, but they are very similar. They do uh, overlap a lot. And of course, the nature of the men themselves as they grow past those struggles, those weaknesses, whether they mature or they stay stagnant. Those of you have, you're familiar with that concept as far as you stay spiritually stagnant. You haven't moved very far. You kind of the same thing over and over again. You're not, you're not improving. Well, you can be spiritually stagnant, of course, obviously physically stagnant. That's pretty, pretty readily available. But spiritually stagnant is you're not growing, you're not growing past getting, growing your maturity and spiritual maturity in your life and your walk with God. So these, these are all details to be worked on and, and understood in this context of interacting with his brothers. Okay, that's the backdrop, the introduction. All right, let's jump into this a little bit. So uh, there's speculation about some of the details that God is giving in this. So as we can see in the case of Pharaoh and his first dreams, right? He's got the cows, he's got the sheep, or the sheep's cows and the wheat, or some kind of grain, probably wheat, could be corn, I'm not sure. Some kind of grain uh, being rattled off there. As far as what he sees, the cows being this, this symbol of all the cows and the symbol, of course, the wheat, all folks run the river. River Nile, of course, is the source of all food in Egypt. So as far as that's being the, the primary tool, primary component in Egypt. Nothing to be fancy, we understand that. But the question being is, all right, so we have cows and wheat. I don't understand the reason why God chose cows and wheat. There's lots of speculation about that, whether it's a message to Joseph, who knows, doesn't really matter. But I want to bring this, this attention to you. Um, who got the dream? It was not Joseph. The dream was to Pharaoh. And why would God send Pharaoh the dream and not one of his prophets? Joseph, of course, being the prophet in this case. He sent the dream to Pharaoh because Pharaoh is the only one who could do anything about it. That's an important principle when it comes to dreams or visions or messages from God. You see, it gets very little, if, if not zero, value send, for God to send a message or a vision or whatever to a prophet who can't do anything about it. It's of no value to God. If the prophet is worthless in that capacity, why send him the message? Send the message to someone who actually can do something about it. In this case, of course, is Pharaoh. So beware of false prophets out there. <laughs> There's a few of them um, who perceive themselves as prophets. You as a prophet, if you think you are or not, whatever, it makes a difference. The point is, if you are given a message or a dream or a vision or whatever from God, if you can't do anything about it, verify it's actually from God. So it may be from you and not from him. That's a very common problem people have. Um, I run across that. I've got myself caught by what I would call people who thought they were prophets, rattled stuff off, said, hey, this and this and this. And I, oh, oh okay. And I completely 
dead wrong that happens. And it frustrated me. And I determined that that makes no sense for God to send a message to a modern day prophet if the modern day prophet can't do anything. Clearly, it's absurd. The message we sent to someone who actually can do something. In this case, obviously, we Pharaoh. So the message to Pharaoh, this also applies, by the way, for your future studies when you go into, in, into, um, into the other books of the Bible, in particular, Daniel's visions and such. The ones that are sent to uh, the, the, the kings of Nebuchadnezzar, the message is for him, to him, for him, for his nation. It's not to Daniel, to Daniel's people, Daniel's nation. It's the same principle. It's sent to the individual who can do something about it not the person who is of no value in that capacity. So Daniel Ronald Trust that too, at least once in his, uh, his prophecies, same scenario. It's sent to somebody else, not to Daniel. Okay, so a few characteristic traits. I want to run across this. So we have a messi- messianic figure, right? Yep. My wife predicted I would do that earlier. So I have a messianic figure. So mess- messianic figure. So messianic figures have certain characteristic traits. Some of the traits we're looking for, because in the nature, when it comes to traits, the value of going through studies of messianic figures is to find out what characters or traits we focus upon and care about, because those are the traits that we ourselves are going to try to mimic in our own personal lives. So messianic figure trait, I should pull, I got these magnets on my board, I'm going to remove, I keep knocking them down, hold on. Okay. So messianic figures, in this case, basically is obviously Joseph. So we've got a few different traits that Joseph experiences or expresses in this story. I should have a better marker. So, do you have a better marker, dear? Well, I'll show you one. So Joseph, this, you know, there are a lot of messianic figures, by the way. Um, for example, Moses is, a, is an enormous messianic figure. Tons of stuff about him. Uh, we have obviously messianic figures include even, though some disagree, Samson. <laughs> some don't like him. But messianic figures as well, meaning that certain things he does in his life Reflect Messiah in some capacity. Maybe not everything, not many things, but some things. So Joseph has a whole bunch of them, of course. We obviously have, we already read the, 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 the previously with the, the whole the bread, ba- bread maker and the, the wine guy. Oh, thank you. Better, better markers. So we had a different, different figures with that. But in this case, we look at characteristic traits or behaviors we're to focus upon. So in Joseph's case, the basic story of his line, he's roughly was. 17 years old when he was you know, thrown into a slavery, essentially. He goes through, I don't know how many years he was in Potiphar's house, one, 10, whatever, certain number of years he was there. He spent years in prison, so we'll Potiphar. And by the way, Potiphar, Potiphara are the same word in Hebrew. So later on when Joseph gets a wife, it says Potiphara versus Potiphar. In Hebrew, even though it has Zayin at the end of the word for Potiphara, it's, it doesn't it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a new name. It's the same guy's name. So most likely, Joseph winds up marrying Potiphar's daughter, his, his previous captor whose wife seduced him or tried to seduce him. Anyway, that's kind of funny. I, I think it's funny. You, you may not. Anyway, so Potiphar, he, for a certain number of years, he goes to prison. Well, prison. And of course, from there, he goes into Pharaoh's house. I misspelled Pharaoh. So in this cycle, he goes from 17 roughly to about 30 years old. Oops. 30 years old from that cycle. So 14 years, give or take. Uh, as far as the birth dates are not exact, as far as how old he is, it goes this process. So 14 years of waiting. How patient are you? Well, she's patient. <laughs> Some of us are more patient than others. I'm not as patient. I have this problem. 14 years is a very long time. But what is the trait we're looking for in a messianic figure? Clearly, in this instance, patience. That's one good thing to note. Patience. 
Just for example, as compared, we're not going to cover Moses yet, but the principle is how long did Moses wait? It's debatable, but they're speculating somewhere around 40 years. Long time. How long did Isaac and, Rachel, and, and Rebecca wait for having kids? 20 years. So patience is a big component in a messianic figure. So in this case, Joseph being patient. And what's he patient on? Is it his own work he's patient on? He's patient waiting for God to do something. So 14 years waiting for God to do something. He may have asked questions, God, are you there? Are you listening? Hello. (laughs) It's a long time. I'm waiting. I'm not getting anywhere. So a long time waiting for God to actually change his life from essential slavery into he didn't necessarily know he'd become second in command of Egypt, but from slavery to something that is greater or better than slavery. So patience is a big component in all of messianic figures, uh, whichever one you study, there doesn't really make a difference. Patience is the large part. So characters trait number one is patience. How do you spell patient? Hey, thank you. I keep I keep always spelling with patient with, it, with the extra T. I think that's like the patient of somebody's like a sick. Anyway, so patience. So patience is is one major character trait we're focused on or pay attention to or listen to in this story. So in this case, because patience is 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 our, is, is our part, but he's a patience on what on again not his own understanding, but patience on God. So patience for God to do something. God's got to do something. All right. So he's waiting for God to do something. That's a good part. Uh, next part, uh, wisdom. All right. Now this is why I think I think it's cool. You may do that. I think it's I think it's interesting. So those who remember Joseph's dreams. Now recall. Let's list let's list a few of these dreams. He had uh, the wheat. The wheat. Uh, they were the the the, the stalks of wheat stalks, and that was one of his dreams earlier on when he was when he was a young man. Uh, he also had. The stars dream and the sun moon, um, and of course these were these are his dreams that, that we have record of him having. We also have uh, other dreams he ran across. We have obviously the bread guy, and we have uh, the wine guy, and then we also have other uh, the, the two dreams, of course, with Pharaoh. Open over here, my room here. We have Pharaoh's uh, the cows, and we have uh, the 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 grain. I'm not sure what a grain it is. Could be some argue corn, something wheat. It doesn't make a difference. Could be wheat. Yeah. So these various dreams, I want you to notice there's a pattern in this. Not in the subject matters that there could be, you could argue that, not to worry about the subject matters, but in who interprets what. So those who remember the wheat stocks, who did the interpreting? It was not Joseph. And it was not God. I'm not saying it's wrong to who interpreted it. The brothers did. They're the ones who gave the interpretation. When it comes to stars, sun, and moon, who interpreted that? It was not Joseph, by the way. This was Jacob. He gave the interpretation. Now, it comes to the bread, the wine, the cows, the grain. Joseph did not give the interpretation. God did. So, in all of these instances, when it was Joseph's responsibility to, 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 to relay the interpretation, he claimed quite clearly the bread and the wine says, I can't do it. God can do this. So God gives interpretation for the bread and wine, and God gave the interpretation to Pharaoh with the cows and the grain. Now, in this storyline, as far as the interpretations, the interesting thing to me that I caught my attention on all this was Joseph's giving credit to all these correct interpretations that comes out of his mouth to God. Meanwhile, the interpretations that came out of other people's mouths, these over here, with the wheat and the stars and the and such were given by other people. 
who did not claim that God gave the interpretation. This is just them, them giving their interpretation, what they think is, I'm not saying their interpretation is wrong. I'm putting out who gave the interpretation. So in this instance, I find it fascinating that though the interpretation of bread and wine is far more complicated. I mean, honestly, think about this. When you read the story of bread and wine, before Joseph gives interpretation of it, would you have thought, had you assumed you had never heard the story before in your whole life, would you have figured out that's what it meant? I wouldn't. I would not have realized, oh, right, wine guy, in three days, you're going to be back, back to your job again. Bread guy, you'd be dead and hung up to let your body be eaten by birds. I would not have figured that out. So clearly, that was more complicated than these other ones. The sweet, sweet stocks, the stars, those are really simple. They're not complicated. You kind of could have figured out, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? We're human beings, we figured it out. Now back with the whole cows, the grain. If you had never read the story before and didn't hear Joseph's interpretation, would you have figured out that's what Pharaoh was, figuring, was, was dreaming about? I wouldn't have. I would not have figured that out. I would not have figured, oh, yes, clearly the cows, it's seven years of good years, seven bad years. The bad years are going to overcome the good years. The years you just will, will be as if they never happened. And the dream was given twice. I would never have determined that. I, I'm not that smart. Maybe some of you are, but I'm not. So these interpretations that God gave are far more complicated more difficult to determine on your own as a human being than the ones that the brothers gave, the one that Jacob gave. My point being in all this is this part. Joseph gave credit to God, even though it came out of Joseph's mouth. Now, Pharaoh thought, and we learn from the wine guy also, the bread and wine guy thought it came from Joseph. So the wine guy says, hey, there's this Hebrew guy in, the, in prison. Yeah, he, he, he gave good interpretation. He'll help you out. And so Pharaoh says, okay, Hebrew guy in prison. Now you're not in prison anymore. Figure this out for me. So men, in the case of the wine guy, I don't, I, I don't know what the bread guy thought. He was dead. He didn't say. So whatever he thought, eh, I was kind of short-lived. Anyhow, so whatever the bread guy thought, I don't know. But the wine guy believed the Hebrew dude, Joseph, gave the, gave, gave the instruction, gave the interpretation. And then Pharaoh then came to the logical conclusion that Joseph, the Hebrew guy, would also give this one, which is wrong because Joseph didn't give that one. God gave actually all of them. Thank you, dear. <clears throat> so my point being in all this is from the outside appearance, from Pharaoh's perspective, from the wine guy's perspective, from the bread guy's perspective, the, 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 the secret things from God being revealed to them was all coming from a man, Joseph. That was what they interpreted or thought that came from him. Now, I do realize Pharaoh, after Joseph corrects him, instructs him, no, no, God's giving the interpretation. The wine guy got that same instruction with Joseph, but he didn't understand it. He didn't accept it. He thought Joseph still gave the information. So Pharaoh understood, okay, Joseph, though it's coming out of your mouth, we all interpret it's coming from Joseph. Mind you, Pharaoh's has necromancers or magicians in his employ. He has wise men in his employ. They're all people who he's hired to do stuff and interpret things. So he's used to things coming from these people. Whether they give glory to their deity or themselves, I don't know. But Joseph, of course, gives glory to God. After Joseph does this and says, no, 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 God's going to do it, then Pharaoh acquiesces, okay, fine, God's with you. Now you're in charge of stuff. Um, but the point is they all proceed to came from Joseph. But Joseph, though they thought it came from him, continuously directed them to God. So that tells you that my next character to trait I'm looking for in a messianic figure. Not just patience on God, which is one of the parts. My next part I'm looking for is somebody who may appear or has 
great power, influence, activity, whatever, and their ability, but but strictly gives glory to God, even though it doesn't appear that way. So we have a patient person. I'm going to erase some of this stuff because I'm in a room. Yeah, it is a humble person. I'm going to erase my my my, some, my uh, dreams real quick because I'm running out of space. So a patient person with all these years, but also someone who is, gives glory to God, though he appears to do it himself. Appear, I guess well, appears. It's E at the end, right? There's no E? Okay, thank you. Um, to be a uh, self. He appears differently. So he's giving glory to God, appears, but all of this is a great, great influence or, or, or messages or information coming from God. So info from, oh, we'll use it heaven. That's more accurate because it, in, I say more accurate, meaning that in the case of uh, all the various necromancers or deities, they all perceive information from heaven of some form, whether whatever God they believe, they don't really care. So even though it appears it's his own power, and in fact, he reiterates multiple times, no, it is glory to God alone. God is the only person, only source of the power itself is God. So that's an extraterrestrial for, for, my, for my messianic figure, which tells me again, now I've learned, number one, I, Daniel Age, need to reflect, understand, and, and observe and follow patience. And when I do anything successful, whatever it may be, whether I believe it myself, success, my, my family, my business, my whatever, whatever it is, though it may appear like I did it, I didn't do it. Glory goes to God instead. Okay? Two traits. Now that, mind you, that's hard. I'm, I'm not joking. That's hard. Because sometimes you work really hard. Hey, look what I did. I, I, I did it. No, it wasn't the I. I was a tool. I wouldn't, didn't do it. God allows it to happen. So if God's, because the reason I say that, because imagine it's the other way around. Let's pretend I did something. I thought it was good and a complete disaster because God said, no, crud. <laughs> Doesn't matter how good of a job I did. If God says no, it's no. So if God says yes, it's yes. If it's no, it's no. So glory always says, even though I may be doing my best to make this thing or, or, or fix that problem or whatever, if God says no, no matter how hard I work, the problem's not going to get fixed. The issue won't be, won't be solved. So it, the glory of God is, is, is an important part. Even though it appears like I did it myself or appears Messiah or, or a messianic figure does it themselves, it is strictly God himself. And they, and they, they, they the, the figure themselves realize or recognize Messiah, or sorry, whether it's Messiah or whether it's Joseph or anybody else, that God is the one who is the source of all this. Uh, let's see. Our next part is... Uh, we did patience. Oh, okay. Next page. I have lots of notes. All right. Part of the dream. So, in in in, we're not we're not finished with this yet. There's more character traits than just this. Part of the dream that Joseph gives, and the interpretation comes through him to Pharaoh. Um, you'll note that he gives obviously instruction as far as like, hey, you got the seven years of good, seven years of misery, then it's done twice. All this is part of the dream. Note, there's a section he added that was not part of the dream. All right, that's an S. Prison. Anyway, was the the advice afterward? See, Joseph gives Pharaoh's dream the seven years. Right, years are good, and then seven years are bad, and that's all part of Joseph of Pharaoh's dream. That's fine. No, no problem there. Right, big deal. No big deal. We we could get that part. But note what Joseph then says afterward when he's all finished. Now, the Pharaoh didn't ask. Joseph, what's your opinion? How should I fix this problem? What should I do about it? Joseph voluntarily gave additional information. He said, now I'm giving you instruction. So now instruct. What was the instruction? Appoint a man. <laughs> Appoint a man to save Egypt. To be. That was the instruction. Now, that was not part of Pharaoh's dream, but it's a voluntary information that Joseph gave to Pharaoh, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Was that wisdom? Right. It's wisdom. So, 
Farrah could have, I'm going to be honest with you. So those of you who do math, this is not too complicated. Let's pretend, all right, you have seven years of good, all right? And you have to survive seven years of bad. The normal human being would say, okay, I'll take a good years, I want 50% of the good years set aside. And I'll, that will give my 50% will give me my, my seven years and seven years of bad, I'll be fine at the end of it. That's a normal thinking human being. Because they, if I, let's, just say, let's say, for example, we'll do this. <laughs> I suppose they didn't have five kids. <laughs> so if you save half your, half your good years, you'll then survive. You'll have that much to survive the bad years. That's a normal human being thought process. And that would make sense to some level. And generally speaking, that's kind of true. If I have to have, if I have $100 and has to spread over like a 200 year or $200 span of budget, why well, don't I can't do that? So I have to cut the budget to $50, $50 and have money spread. That's pretty, pretty normal thinking. Basic math, there's nothing to complicated about it. But just doesn't, doesn't do that. It says appoint a man and only 20%. Politicians would balk at this, but <laughs> our tax writers, tax, tax authors, that's not enough kind of thing. But that's all he said. 20% was sufficient. Now, don't be wrong. That's, that's, that's not nothing. Granted, it's cheaper than our current tax rates, but let's say it's still, it's still, it's still, it's still a, a, a good chunk of money. But 20% is enough. The seven years will cover all the seven years of bad. Why did it cover it? Or what, 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 what was your question? Right. The way Joseph figured this out. Now, I, I'm not this smart. Okay. So this is all Joseph's and God's doing. I'm not this, I'm not this brilliant. Somehow Joseph, may, maybe he did some really good mental math or God just revealed to him. I don't know. Somehow, I give glory to God. Yeah. Glory to God must have done it. But I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. But 20% of the seven years of good was enough to cover all the seven years of bad, not just for Egypt, but for Canaan also. That's two countries and possibly even more than that. It covered all their years. They desperately needed food. Or I'm not sure how much, how widespread the famine was. It's, it's a little bit fuzzy on how, how far the Middle East was actually covered or how far North Africa was covered. I don't know. But the point is that was sufficient to cover it all. And that was all that was needed. This was unsolicited advice. This is unsolicited advice, but it tells you the individual of messianic figure is going to be, relatively speaking, appear to be wise. Good, good math, right? <laughs> so I'm going to have patient, a person to be patient, person who's going to give glory to God and is somewhat wise, wiser than me, not, not my, my, wiser than my, my natural experience of life. So, this is interesting, and he's and not just wise, but also he gave the instructions on how to solve the problem. That's part of the wisdom, by the way. So if I'm going to look at this messianic figure, I'm looking for someone who has patience, gives only God, but it also gives the instructions on how to solve my struggles, my problems, my difficulties, like a Messiah would do, right? Just like Moses did. Just like, well, Samuel didn't do all that. Samuel did some of this, but it varied a little bit on Samuel. Anyways, they, they, so these are the kind of characters we're looking for. So I'm looking for this type of messianic figure because that's who, who Joseph is. I, by the way, I say that because messianic figure means, I use a term, messianic figure means someone who's going to perform a, an assigned task that results in the saving of one or more other people. That's a messianic figure. That's Messiah's job to save. So this is interesting. So I'm going to erase some of this stuff because I mean, he's going to put my character to trait, erase some of the stuff here, instruct and instruct in wisdom. But again, the character always has given glory to God thus far. So I'll have to assume the wisdom, he also gives glory to God in it. So these type of character traits I'm looking for a messianic figure and these characteristics trait that he's going to deal with. But 
on top of the, all of this, let's go back a little bit to the patience part. Let me race with this over here. It was a little bit more than just patience, wasn't it? For example, I could be patient in my home. I could be patient in my life. How easy is to be patient in your home or your life that is be patient as a slave or patient as a prisoner? Is your patience tested more of those? I think they are. I think we're wrong with it, they are. So in the patience that this person is patient in, they're patient in a difficult or a struggle or a hard, hard scenario, hard situation. That's part of the patience. So if I have these seven, sorry, 14 years, he's waiting roughly 14 years, waiting on, on, on God to do something. The patience is, he's a slave to Pontifar. He's a prisoner in the prison, right? Those are, those are hard things. Those aren't easy things. They're difficult things. So his patience, he actually is patience, not just patience, but it's patience in a certain kind of scenario we call it suffering. It's patience in his suffering, right? In the case of this glory to God, it appears to be from himself as far as the, the information from heaven given to God, given to people from God. Um, note that in the glory to God, it's not just giving glory to God and not just an appearance, but he doesn't take the, the gain from it. So for example, let's say Joe Schmo said, you know, God gave me this information, da, 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 da. Um, now, this is, you know, go do something important with it, and you should come back to me to hear more from God, which some Joe Schmoes do. <laughs> come back next week, right? Same time, same channel, right? So some Joe Schmoes do that. And in that instance, you're giving glory to God verbally, but not action-wise. It's a, it's a certain kind of glory to God you're giving. So this glory to God is not just appearance and self-worth, but if it's heaven, there's no benefit. I spell benefit. And he, oh, whatever. I can't spell. Anyway, so no benefit. He's not looking for benefit for himself. That's a, that's a type of, not just a character trait, it's a, it's, it's a character of the individual, right? So he's suffering. He's not looking for benefit for himself in all of these details. And the instruction of wisdom he's giving, again, Joseph doesn't say appoint me to do this, appoint a man to do this. Put somebody else, anybody, whoever it was, a human being, not himself, but anybody else in charge. So another person. He didn't, he didn't assign or say, I, I'm the guy you want to choose for this. So in all these details, there really is very little me in it. This is a lot about the me. The me is not a big part in most of these. So in the patient suffering, he's suffering. And Potiphar's, wife, Potiphar's household, they say, poor me, poor me, poor me. I don't see a lot of that. In the case of prison was always a poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. I don't see a lot of that either. In the case of glory to God, if from heaven, you know, help me, save me, save me, save me. Now he did ask the, the, the wine bearer, hey, Tell Pharaoh about me. Don't, don't, don't forget about me. I, I am a human being here. I'm stuck here. So there is something he wants out of that as far as freedom, which who doesn't want freedom? We all want freedom. He doesn't want freedom. He, does after, he is after freedom. And rabbinical literature criticizes Joseph because of that. They're, 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 they talk about this, this one in particular. They say, hey, he should not have asked for freedom. Had he just done this job and done his thing, their argument is they, were, so they speculate it's possible he may have got out earlier had he not asked for freedom. That's a speculation. I don't know. Could be right. Could be wrong. Hard to say. But he's not looking for benefit in this glory to God part. He's even glory to God. And especially, for the most part, I'm looking at this scenario of this individual who has his characteristic traits. It's really more about other people. For most of it's about other people. Well, explain. Okay. So in the case of Joseph going down to Egypt, right? I'm sure he was upset irritated, angry, all those different emotions with his brothers, everything else that you possibly, that a normal human being would have. So that would be a normal, normal response. But I don't see a whole lot of that 
of his complaints in Ponifar or, pri- or the prison's household. Not a lot listed. I'm not saying it wasn't. There's just nothing, nothing recorded there. We do have a record of him complaining to his brothers, but we have no record of anything him complaining much about his, his fate or his scenario, what God's putting him through. We don't have a lot of examples of this after his glory to God uh, as far as looking for his own personal glory or, or gain. Because the glory to God, what the, all these, the, these dreams he gave, when he gave the, the bread guy, was he like, yay, good job? Probably not. But the point is that it wasn't about look at me, look at me. It was the bread guy. Hey, bread guy, you're going to die. Well, comes the wine guy. It wasn't about the me. It was, hey, wine, you, you, you'll, you'll get restored. It, don't forget about me. He mentioned me. I want my case solved, which we, will, we can discuss that later. There's a reason why he didn't have his case solved. Anyway, so it would be beforehand. So it was, it's, it's to say to restore the wine guy. When it comes to Pharaoh's two, uh, two dreams, the back the, the, the dreams, it's the whole point was to save Egypt. When it comes to instruction, which was not part of the dreams, but he did instruct some wisdom to give, again, it's all to save Egypt. That was his job, save somebody else. So I get in general, not exclusively, but in general, the drive or the person or the desire for this, this messianic figure is the opposite of what a king would do. So this is the opposite of what I would expect from somebody like King Solomon, King David, any of the kings, King Ahaz. All those bad guys, all right. So, this isn't the this is not the trait I'd expect from a king. I say that because what's king's function, sole purpose to exist? Why do they even? Why are they even around? What did God make them for? Why do people put them out there? What is their one task to do? They have one job, one job only: control. Yep, be in charge of. So, kings, their goal is to be in charge of. In charge of people. That is their objective. This is pretty simple. It's pretty obvious. This, for example, if you're a king of something, of, of, of people, let's say you're a group of key people, a, a group of a town, a city, a country, whatever, you're a king, your kids, whatever. Now imagine there were no people, just you. You're not a king anywhere, are you? <laughs> you're king of nothing. So kings are defined by being in charge of people. If there is no people to be in charge of, they're not king of anything. But this character is a trait that being in charge is not the goal. See, see we have the ex- example from King um, uh, from, from a- Abraham's time with King Sodom and Gomorrah. So, king of Sodom told him, hey, keep all the stuff. All I want is the people. Because again, you're not a king unless you have people to rule. No people to rule, you're not a king. So kings are in charge of people. To be in charge of as a king. Pharaoh, for example, be in charge of a king as a king. In this character trait I'm seeing here, the lift me up to be in charge of stuff is not the drive, right? I would expect that from a king, but I'm learning from this observation, just if I, if I knew nothing else, that's not the drive of a messianic figure. The figure is not to be king. That's not their goal, not their objective. So if I'm going to mimic these traits, what am I going to do? I'm going to produce patience even in my suffering, right? Give glory to God, even though it may appear like I did something. It's not about me. It's about, about God. And any wisdom I have or offer is offered in the intent to give glory to God to help someone else. That's the objective. All right? It's not about the me. This is a pretty fundamental concept that's being taught about here in, the, in these stories, as far as what we're learning about as far as missing the figure in Joseph. This is just this character's a trait. I have enough time. I just have time to cover one more, the next next set of details. Any questions thus, thus far? There's, there's a really cool test that he's going to pull off with his brothers. This makes sense, everybody. Messianic character trait. They're pretty straightforward. I think shocking. These kind of simple stuff makes sense. Okay, 
Life's not so easy. We do it anyway. These are traits we're to look for. Now it's coming. That's really, really cool. Let's take a look at this real quick. Let me erase all this stuff because it's my next point is not relevant to these parts. It's about Joseph, though. This part I think is, is awesome. So Joseph has his brothers, right? He has, he has uh, I guess, well, there's 10 come down the first time. Yeah, 10 come down the first time. So 10 come down the first time. And of course, next time around, he gets the 11th, the 11th one with Benjamin comes because one is you know, in prison, such as even. How's all these brothers, right? So 10 brothers, and you know, they're all brothers, of course. In this storyline, Joseph has various tests he, he, he concocts or comes up with. Because mind you, he's, he's, he's a messianic figure. So he's doing it strictly in wisdom. And that's the intent behind it. These are pretty cool tests. So the first test, the 10 brothers come down, right? They go out and what is their objective? The brother's objective is to save families. That's an IES, right? Families. That's their goal, to save their families, give food. They, 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 they're going to they're they're die, all right? So that's their goal. That's objective. And they come down to get food. Obviously, you get these questions because Joseph is doing these various tests as far as finding who they are and that kind of thing and, and test them. Now, I can't speak to whether Joseph was in charge of every single foreign transaction, but he probably has in charge of these. Clearly, so this, these, these in particular. And mind you, say foreign transactions. I don't know what he's doing for Egyptians. I'm not sure. Anyhow, so save families. That was their goal. And they did in the form they got food. They brought money with them, right? That was the first task. They were using money to save themselves. Nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not, not presenting money. So they used money to say that that was, their, that was their thought process, right? And they got food. They got salvation. They were saved, right? They got their, got their, they got their food, packs full of money, full of food, but their money was restored. That's bad writing. Hold on. So what did their salvation cost them? Nothing. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so their salvation, the food, cost them nothing. They had to go down and ask for it and beg for it, be willing to pay for it, but it didn't cost them anything. That thing, I, I think that's just cool. I mean, good job, God. <laughs> He's pretty smart. So the next time around, of course, this whole the 11 brothers and Benjamin's there and, and other stuff comes. They do the same thing, right? Their second time around was also to save themselves. They need more food. Hey, dad says, hey, we're going to starve to death. Go, go get more food. So we had the first to salvation cost them nothing. The second time around, they go down there, they bring their money back to them to, hey, uh, there was an oversight. This first salvation should have cost us something. We have more money. So more money that, and the originals. Took the original money was brought down to them. So money one, and then money two. <laughs> took them both. So both, both sets of money was brought. Money bag one, money bag two. It looks half, doesn't it? You do have one and two. So both money bags, right? And this two was actually double the first one. So number two bag, which actually two goes twice a one. Thank you. Okay, two X. All right. So it cost them twice as much, right? The, 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 that's, that was their goal to save themselves. And this part of Tesla, we're not discussing the, the, the cup thing. This part of Tesla, they got all their food. They got food. They were assured the first time money, it's already been paid. It's been paid. The, 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 the porter of Pharaoh's house, Joseph's house said, I received your money. It's already been paid. So God gave money in your sacks, right? But who paid it, technically speaking? Joseph. The original one, Joseph technically paid it. He was the one who said, the money back in the sack. I'm covering this. We're good, <laughs> right? The next time around, they do the exact same thing again. They bring twice as much and the money also is brought right back into their sacks. So this some cost them nothing. Their salvation the second time. Oh, I'm, I'm blown by, blow my, my, there it is. Their second salvation 
process, though they were willing to pay the original plus double the first time, they wanted to pay three times the total cost, overall cost for was equivalent to two. Oops, that's off my board, huh? I'm off my board. It was good to, to, to twice of twice the salvation much, and it still cost them nothing. Again, salvation cost them nothing. I think that's just cool. That's just my my personal thing. That that's pretty cool. That that salvation from 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 this messianic figure cost them nothing. That's just one part. I think I I, I think it's easy. I think it's easy, it's awesome to look at. Hey, that's that's pretty cool setup. Okay, let's move on from this one. There's a lot of messianic stuff inside of here. That's why I think it's it, Pharaoh's story is or sorry, Joseph's story is pretty cool. Next part. So we have uh, Benjamin. Marker's going dry. I think. Yeah, I needed the marker. Thank you. So Ben testing. What is the point of all the testing? That's an I. What's the point of the testing? This with Benjamin. All right. He has his brothers to test. Now, mind you, the brothers did a couple things to Joseph when he was a 17-year-old boy, right? So number one, well, what did the brothers did? They sold him, right? As a slave. So they, 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 this is still Joseph. This is earlier when Joseph was 17. This is Joseph. It's what they did in the past. And it's not Benjamin yet. That's later. So they sold him as a slave. I'm sure Joseph complained. Hey, let me out. Actually, records not in the Torah records later. He said I complained. We we did that. The, uh, Reuben actually says, "Did didn't I tell you? Don't don't sell the boy." Anyway, um, so they sold Joseph as a slave before, and as a slave, they didn't come and try to find him, get him, save him, nothing of the sort. So they abandoned him. So it's actually a two part, technically two part thing. So abandonment. Essentially, that's the majority of what the brothers did to Joseph. Now, in this process, the brothers have an intense amount of jealousy and greed. Uh, o u b a, I'm literally spelled J e a o u s. Is it Y? Jealous? Oh, whatever. Oh, they're jealous. So there's a lot of jealousy in, involved inside in in this process where they did this testing. Sorry, not the testing. To this process where they did it to Joseph. So in the case of Benjamin, Joseph wants to find out. Okay, brothers, did you grow up? Have you changed? Have you improved your lifestyle? Again, messianic figure, right? What was I going to ask of us? Did we change? Did we grow up? So in this instance, the best testing he came up with was obviously he, he, he needed to get Benjamin down there. That was his pretty primary objective. Are, are they treating Benjamin? For example, is Benjamin being left behind um, in dad's house when the first 10 came down because Dad didn't trust them with Benjamin. He was trying to protect Benjamin. He's, he's no knowledge of these details. So the best it says, he get Benjamin down there and then do a few things. Number one, he gave Ben lots of food. Uh, it was what, five times, yeah, five times extra food and got them all drunk. For those of you who have never been drunk, um, when you're drunk, you tend to diminish your self-control pretty much. So if you give him five times of food in order to do some kind of a jealousy thing and then get them drunk, their self-control goes away or diminishes at least, right? That's the idea. So if somebody has animosity toward Benjamin and you get him plastered drunk, from a situation where there can be jealous of Benjamin's extra food and whatever treatment he's getting, are they likely to then release their self-control and show their true colors? Typically, yes. Typically, that's the case. So it was actually pretty smart. They put him in a scenario where they were, he was, his goal was to, I need you to lose your self-control find out what you actually are made of. What is the inside of you? What are you? Did you change? Did you not change? So that's one part of it. Now, that was for his, for his first test sequence. The cup thing, I think, is also an interesting point. The cup thing is, a, is, is a, the abandonment situation. So in this, this situation, this lack of self-control, that great allows him to understand, okay, are they treating Benjamin 
justly or unjustly. Try to find that out. Clearly true and a majesty toward Benjamin is not there or is not significant. Now, would they take the opportunity to abandon him if they, if they could? Next test. Like they abandoned Joseph, right? Would they take the opportunity or not? So they test tested. Benjamin gets arrested. arrested. They get arrested and he appears guilty. So as far as a brother's concerned, siblings, well, hey, clearly it's in your pack, not the rest of us. You did it. You can say you didn't, but reality is you did. Clearly, it's your pack evidence. Clearly, it's you, you, you obviously did it. Of course, they may have been smart than that. I don't know. But it gives the, the, the opportunity to the brothers to say, hey, he's guilty. I'm not. I didn't do it. And the porter who, who, who said, hey, I'm, I'm just taking this guy. The rest of you are all exotic. You're all free to go. So they were, having, they were already out of the city. They had their food. They had money. They had everything they needed. They had to just walk away. Just like they did with, ben, with, with, with Joseph, just walk away. Did they do it? No, they didn't. Now, Lord did not, co- not walk away. They actually all come back and testify, hey, I need Ben saved. That matters. We need this. We will all be your slaves with this, with, with this whole process. Their priority is to save this man. Ben's not a child, by the way. He's a man. He's, 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 he's got to be uh, in their SVC around. In his mid twenties right now, he's not like he's not, 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 not a little kid. He's been in mid twenties, so he's he's been around a while. Maybe early twenties, some of that ballpark. Their goals they've got save save Ben. That is the opposite of what they were doing to Joseph when they abandoned him. So what does this tell Joseph? They've changed. So we expect, I would expect from a messianic figure when I face the Messiah, messianic figure, what's he going to do? Test me. What am I made of? Who am I? Did I grow up? Am I, am I better than I was before? Have I, have I made changes? Have I altered my life? Have I improved from my past mistakes? Right. So these are the details. I think they're awesome tests that he did to pull this off. Um, and they tested specific things about not just their jealousy tests, but also their opportunity to, to, to legally, justifiably abandon him. And none of them do. They all power back. No, we're not leaving. We're staying. We're sticking this out. We're, we're going to do this. Regardless of what it costs, we're going to do this. That's what you'd expect from somebody who truly has a heart change to, I'll use this term, Messiah's, our Messiah's term, to give one's life for a friend. Not that they were giving his life. And Benjamin's more than just a friend, but that principle, that concept to offer oneself in place of somebody else. Now we understand what values messianic figure is going to put on people. This is nothing new. This is nothing shocking, but it's really cool to see. You've been listening to a discussion at Hallel Fellowship. If you would like to hear more discussions or if you have any questions, visit the website at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. Hallel.info. Hallel.info.